and welcome to Housewives and Me, a podcast about why we love the Real Housewives. I'm your host, Connor Bean, and you're very welcome back for another brand new episode. I hope you're doing well. I hope things are going well for you this month. I have spent the last week isolating because of COVID and doing all that, so it's been surreal and weird to be editing the podcast while uh, going through all that, but also it's been a nice respite as well. So, you know, sometimes Housewives is the perfect distraction when you're going through something. I'm so excited for you to hear this week's episode. It's a returning guest, the one and only Jack Remington is back today. You may remember if you heard Jack's first episode on the podcast, he was kind of new to the franchise and now he is in deep with pretty much all the big Housewife cities. We got into Salt Lake City, we talked about New York, we talked about Potomac, an ultimate girls trip. He is really committed to uh, watching all the shows, basically. He's, he's doing the homework. I should mention as well, myself and Jack talked about Jenny from Salt Lake City and her social media posts that caused some controversy in recent weeks. You may notice that I tend to record a bunch of interviews kind of in bulk and then I put them out over the course of a month or whatever. So sometimes stuff will come up that then shifts and changes because that's the way the Housewives news world works. With the Jenny stuff, this chat with Jack took place after the post had emerged and there'd been some conversation in terms of Watch What Happens Live and Andy Cohen talking about it, but there had been no decision made about Jenny's future on the show. We've now seen that she is no longer filming with the ladies for season three, but we know she'll be in the reunion. And from what we can gather, it looks like she will have filmed something for season three where it seems that they may bring up the posting question on camera. I was going to take it out only because it sort of felt dated because there have been changes in what happened since when Jack and I spoke. But actually, I'm leaving it in because I think it's a really, it's sort of an interesting conversation about how quickly or unquickly should they tackle this stuff in terms of the posts are despicable. But then if it needs to play out on camera on the show, there's going to be a delay. And how do you do that? So it's a conversation I think is going to keep coming up around these shows. So I've left it in because it feels kind of like a time capsule in a way, but it's also an interesting chat to have. So just in case you think, you know, why are they talking about something that happened ages ago? That's why, because it was before the news came out that Jenny was leaving the show and all that good stuff. And since Jack and I have spoke, he even posted a video of himself in Amsterdam at the weekend where he's outside the very same restaurant where <laughs> Kim Richards and Lisa Rinna on all the cast had that iconic scene that meltdown if you remember uh, from season 5 was it season 5 or 6 I can't remember anyway that iconic fight from uh, Housewives of Beverly Hills so there you go even when he's not chatting to me in the podcast Jack is having his Housewives moments anyway without any further ado here is Jack Remington on Housewives and Me My guest today is one half of music duo Jack and Joe. He's the host of the podcast Iconic and he's a social media superstar. And he's back having done his Housewives homework big time. Jack Remington, welcome back to Housewives and Me. Thank you so much. What an intro. Social media superstar. <laughs> I'm taking that over with me. <laughs> You're like, actually just someone with 12 hour screen time a day who likes memes. I was like, let me My let screen me just time turn. is so bad. Connor, my screen time is so bad. It attacks me every single week. <laughs> Oh, Monday morning when they're like, you have wasted yeah. this many hours of your right. life. I'm like, thanks so much, yeah. Apple. I it's- will definitely not work on that. <laughs> it's very, very get a life, isn't it? Which is a bit tragic, yeah. but hey-ho. And you're like, oh yeah, I do have this weird cramp in my hand from my phone. Anyway, what's right. for dinner? Anyway. Right, right. Our social media obsession aside, I know you were on the show before and you were like kind of a newbie to Housewives yeah. and you've gone down the rabbit hole since, which we'll get into. But I'm just curious, 
where are you overall with the franchise now? Like, how do you feel about Housewives now that it's such a big part of your life? It it really is. I feel like I'm at that level now where the only thing that I actually want to talk about in social settings is Housewives. People will be like, oh yeah, how are you? How's work? And I'll be like, yeah, 100%. But do you watch Salt Lake City? Um, So I am obsessed. I'm trying to think. It was about... A year and a half ago, wasn't it, that I was last on? I think it was like, I remember yeah, it being peak lockdown because I was, I was yeah. at my um, parents. No, was it not early tw- as in 2020? It was like, was it the not middle show... of 2020? No, because the show kicked off end of 2020. It's just time has become oh a Oh my circle. God. Right, exactly. Okay, fine. I thought you were so... going to say I was at my lowest and you're like, I was at my parents. I was like, oh good, okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I was at my lowest and you, you contacted me. <laughs> And, I, and, I and you pulled me from the depths. <laughs> um, no, okay, wow, that is crazy. So then it's yeah. right. It's about a year ago. Right, fine. Because I was also at my parents at that point. That's why everything just blends into one. <laughs> yes, um, exactly. So I think at that point, I'd I was up to date with Beverly Hills. I think mm-hmm. I was a little bit into Potomac. Yes. I'm not even sure if Salt Lake City had started airing at that point, or maybe it would just had season one. Anyway, I yeah. now am. Um, Completely up to date with Beverly Hills, completely up to date with Potomac, completely up to date and obsessively watching Salt Lake City. I am at the end of season nine of New York, um, which is currently ongoing. Like that's my, you know, yes. constant watch. So at the moment, I um, they've just been to Dorinda's for, I think, the third time. It's Bluestone Manor. And it's when um, it's actually crazy. Like, I can't believe it. But also because I've seen Girls Trip, right? Like, I know certain things that happen. So in Girls <laughs> Trip, I was trying to skim over certain things. So I knew that, for instance, Luan had been arrested, but I've not got to that bit yet. And I knew that everything <laughs> had gone tits up with Tom. So yeah. it was, at the moment, it's two weeks until she gets married to Tom. And it's <laughs> all of them having that intervention again. It's like deja vu, obviously, because Bethany, the season before, was like, I think he's cheating on you. Luan was like, I'm going to be sick, blah, blah, blah. And then they're all telling her at Bluestone Manor, Tinsley's there. She's really poorly. She's got like a bad throat or whatever. Um, and Bethany's like, but I don't think he's a good guy. And Luan's like, you, that's not fair. It's not fair if you just say that. I love him. And she just does not seem to care. So I'm very obsessively at that bit. The end of the last okay. episode okay. was literally Dorinda saying, somehow Ramona's been at my house, as has everybody, left. And she's pulled half the light fittings down. From the <laughs> which was really sad. Like... Poor old Dorinda and her, obviously, like her late husband. And she's like, this is the house that reminds me of him. She'd said that Sonia <laughs> had just been wearing the jamas that were like in some fancy box that her late husband had bought her. And Sonia just got them out and put them on because she fancied them. So it just, it really is such a balmy show. So anyway, that's where I'm at with New York. Uh, I'm about halfway through the only season of Sydney, um, which I've been watching very slowly because I almost, it kind of makes me anxious. I kind of have to build up the energy to watch it because it's so (laughs) awful. And then I think next I'm going to, when I finish New York, I think I'm going to go on to Miami because everyone's raving about this current kind of reboot season. But I'm very much, I know we've, you and I spoken before where you can like slightly dip in and out and stuff. That does not work for me. I have to watch from season one, episode one and go all the way through. So I think I'm going to do Miami and then I will go on to, Orange County or Jersey, because obviously they're such a massive undertaking. And then Atlanta, I kind of, I'm always aware of what's going on. I've watched kind of season four to eight or nine. Basically, I'm obsessed with Real Housewives now and I, I, I'm fully <laughs> in that universe, which is, yeah, a lot more than I was this time last year. The funniest thing is because you are so active on social media, like on right. Twitter, you'll be kind of doing threads being like, okay, I've started episode one of this city. Yeah. And then it's like, as the tweets go on, you're further and further down. So like yeah. when you're tweeting your way through that, like, 
have you noticed that more people have kind of joined you on those bandwagons? Like, that, that people are sticking with it? Yes, yeah. yes. I think um, because I tweet about it a lot and a lot of people will reply and, you know, or I'll get DMs almost every other day saying, um, oh, you know, it's been on my list for ages, but thanks to your recommendation and, do bas- well, basically thanks to you banging on about it all the time on social media, yeah, I feel like I have to watch it. it. Yeah, exactly. I know the feeling, yeah. Um, and so a lot of people have got into Salt Lake City because I've said, you know, I said the order that I did things in, but obviously it's a lot easier to get into stuff when it's not, doesn't feel like such a mammoth task. Um, so obviously it's quite easy to persuade people to get into Salt Lake because as long as they've got the right app to watch it on, it's not even finished season two yet. So yeah, I feel like a lot more people are coming around to Potomac, which is great because I feel like obviously Orange County is the, the OG, Jersey's like table flipping, chair throwing, whatever. And then Beverly Hills and New York, naturally people gravitate towards. But I feel like, the kind of lesser known cities are some of the gems. So for instance, Potomac and Salt Lake City of what I've seen. Um, so yeah, I do feel like people are coming along with it. It does seem like Beverly Hills is the easiest one for people to get mm-hmm. into, particularly because it was on UK Netflix for a while through lockdown. I'm not sure if it still is. Um, yeah. But the fact that obviously you get all that drama in the first couple of seasons um, kind of does get you hooked. And there's all the flamboyance of life in LA. And I think it goes alongside people watching Selling Sunset, which is obviously also in LA. So it's just that kind of glamorous lifestyle that people idolize. And then it allows you to, like you say, go down the rabbit hole and find a million other shows that you'd be interested in, which I am halfway through. Yeah. And it's funny because I do think Beverly Hills for some reason just has that pop culture reach. So it is the one that like people casually know. Let's get into the specifics then. Let's talk about, I think... The show that's airing right now and is just having this like obviously wild season. And as we're talking, we haven't even seen the reunion right. for Salt Lake City. Right. Obviously, you're new to all these shows in a way, but I'm so curious what you make of this insane second season of Salt Lake City. So I am absolutely obsessed. I find myself, because obviously there was a period where this last season, Salt Lake was running at the t- same time as Potomac. Um, mm-hmm. But I fairly frequently found myself, if I had them both to watch would be going to Salt Lake first just to find out because it felt like things were going crazy in Salt Lake City and I always wanted to know exactly what was happening I still love Potomac but I felt like over the past year Salt Lake has this season of Salt Lake has probably been my favorite of pretty much anything I've seen I I just think the editors are so on it I feel like the way that things are framed are so good um the fact that Jen Shah is the Erica of Salt Lake City in terms of the things that she's been accused of and yet somehow is coming off not as anywhere near the worst cast member of the season two girlies shows quite how phenomenal, phenomenally (laughs) dramatic the rest of the cast is. Yeah, because obviously everything was was based around Erica and look at my fucking life. And then look now, at my like, life. yeah, I don't know why I made or her a what? wife. Or, or, or what? what? <laughs> well, she was very mob adjacent. To the vibe she was. Of, oh, one day I'll remember who wasn't right. there for me. <laughs> and I was like, okay. With what power? Yeah, that's something you say when you're hungover and your friend won't go to McDonald's for you. You're like, right. one day I'll remember. You're like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, but also like that's they're so intimidated by her. And I would get it before because there was this mystique of you know, the power that Tom she had. She was loaded, yeah. you know, like 
it was always a, a little bit sinister. The fact that, oh yeah, my husband's best friends with the sheriff or whatever it was, like the head of the LAPD and they were at that yeah, dinner. And that yeah. was always quite weird and like, okay, well, we'll back off because she's they've kind of got law enforcement in their back pocket. But if she's now got that man who has law enforcement in her back pocket against her or allegedly, allegedly, um, then, <laughs> <laughs> then I just feel like I don't know why they're still so scared of them. But anyway, that's a completely different conversation. Um, Salt Lake City is impeccable i still am obsessed with heather i'm obsessed with heather i feel like whitney has so i didn't mind whitney in season one the first half of season two i found her so draining like the whole storyline of um oh justin i've spent all of our savings it felt so contrived (laughs) and forced and you know when you're when you aren't really vibing with someone anything they do can annoy you. So like, for instance, I found her voice being so much more annoying than normal because I was finding her a bit annoying. And then- her voice is You know, like, like whiny, right. But but when you like her, you know, um, Whitney yeah. and Heather, bad weather, spinning the truth, then you're like, oh, okay, I don't mind. And so I feel like now that she's in this little, obviously she's always been the duo, bad weather with Heather, but I feel like I'm liking the side that she's on at the moment and really trying to, she understands the assignment to an extent, right? So she keeps saying, well, why did you do this? How come you're like this? Blah, 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 which is needed. Like we need a little bit of a pot stirrer in that cast. So mm-hmm. I feel like I'm getting more on side with her again. Meredith is still absolutely compelling TV, but I'm not standing her like I did in season one. Lisa for me mm-hmm. has done a full 180. I don't care whether she's lying or not. She's such good telly. And I really was very team bad weather in season one. And now mm-hmm. it's almost like, Bad weather is on the same side as Lisa, but also don't like Lisa. Like, do you know what I mean? It's it's there's so many kind of alliances and they hate each other. And then five minutes later, they can all go jumping off canyons and they're absolutely it's, fine following yeah, each other's like, Louis Vuitton treads. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I was la- I was laughing at the girls' trip when <laughs> Lisa was like. We're friends. We're all friends, ultimately. And I was like, are you? Like, no, you're you not. Clearly right, fucking right. hate each other. Like, it's just so funny. The way Lisa's like, you're my friend. Or when, like, Heather found her nail. She was like, Heather. Oh, my God. My <laughs> um, yeah, it was ridiculous. I am very sad about the Jenny situation. Um, yeah. I should yeah. say angry, obviously, because the her social media posts about kind of anti- Black Lives Matter and stuff were appalling, but more sad because I feel like I've been rooting for her throughout. I feel like at dinners mm. and things, she didn't quite always get her point across and ended up being the scapegoat when she was nowhere near the one who was worst in the wrong. And I don't think she was deliberately twisting things. You know, when mm. Jen was having a go at her at that dinner in Zion, you're like, what? How on earth mm. has this become Jenny being the bad person? But then watching the episode, the most recent one I saw, which was that dinner in Zion before they went to um, the sand park louis vuitton tread whatever you call that <laughs> tobogganing down the walls the i don't know what it's the called canyons. the canyons there we go canyons <laughs> watching that episode with the knowledge of jenny being viciously anti-black on social media within the last year two years you know mm. something very very fresh it's not something she could say oh it was 15 years ago and my views have yeah. radically changed the way that she then and it almost it made me feel uncomfortable because the way that she was talking about mary and the opinion she had towards Mary and saying, who was it that, oh, I wish that, was it Meredith and Jen? I wish that somehow Jen had this magic spell cast over her that she forgot everything Meredith did or the other way around. She's like, I wish I could have that feeling about Mary. And you just kind of like, I know she, obviously Mary 
said horrible things about Jenny's eyes that were 100% mm-hmm. racially driven. But I just can't help now but think, would Jenny inherently have always had an issue with Mary because of the color of her skin? Because she clearly has anti-black sentiments yeah. that run quite deep. So that is weird to watch now because you kind of are second guessing, well, why is she behaving in a certain way? So um, it seems, I know obviously people are saying that Bravo haven't um, discussed it enough. And obviously, you know, I, we can't and really... by the time this comes out, we, who knows? Because we're talking about it a right. week, less than a week after it's all kicked right. off, and they've set, they've addressed it to a point. And obviously, you or I are not saying whether they, whether it, like we can't really make the call on whether it's the right or wrong thing to do, but we can just see that they are saying something and telling us to wait it out a bit. Right. So who knows where it's going to go? Even in the but next at the week moment, as far as we've got, it seems the only way they've yeah. approached it is by asking Lisa on Watch What Happens Live what her opinions on it were, which seems a bit of a strange path to go but yeah if they're going to use it as a learning thing in season three if jenny's still on the cast or whatever who knows but um yeah yeah it's a bit up in the air it's up in the air because they're they went into filming season three earlier than planned so they were filming season three but i had a schedule it's it's been sort of implied that it's going to be discussed on the show and the women couldn't react initially because they hadn't discussed it on the show and now that they have they've been more vocal online and andy Cohn has spoken out in a tone that implies that perhaps it's being addressed on the show and at the network. It's very hard to know. Right. Like this has been happening across Bravo shows, not just Housewives for a year and a half now. Mm-hmm. And it's been handled differing ways. And sometimes they pull people from shows way ahead of a new season coming back. Like they did with Bound and Pump Rules, which felt good at the time yeah. in a way, but then the show itself feels like they've actually gotten away with something. Right. So I think they're trying to balance. We see this now and then nine to 10 months later, it's on TV. Right. And how do you, right. you know, there, and there's not, and this and, and uh, two white guys some of this it's not really our place to say yeah. whether or not jenny is or isn't you know like yeah. but from i can understand how it's a little bit like we need the social media response to be good but also if you take it out of the show someone watching the show would have no idea and i actually think it should be on the shows more so we'll i agree we'll see i agree but that you're right jen jen has ended up jen i'm, show I'm somehow team jen off. at the moment what is that about <laughs> Do you know what I was thinking? And this is a little bit conspiracy theory-esque in a way, but if you think about what Jen has been accused of doing, like the sort of manipulation she would have had to do with these people yeah. on the phone yeah. and this, the shifts in tone she would have to do, and also that thing of when people tell people who are somewhat abusive to you, but then they turn on the charm to kind of win you back over. Mm-hmm. I feel like she's doing that constantly on the show. She blows up in this really aggressive way with people where she's like, you know, was going to try and physically right. hurt Lisa Barlow. Right. But then... She's so like drunk and giddy and fun at the house 12 hours later right. that you you and the cast go, oh, but she's so fun. And it's like, no wonder she's so good at like picking up the phone right. and like allegedly right. winning people over. Because when she's on, she's on. When she la- la- launches a charm offensive, it really works. But when you see the underbelly, you're like, oh, I don't know but about I, this. I find, yeah, I agree. But I still find her side so much more believable than Erica's. I don't know what it is. I think it's because it feels like She's been so open. Whereas with Erica, it was like, we felt like we were constantly catching her out in lies because the car flipped over and it was snowing in Encino or wherever it was. You know, just like (laughs) there was all that because she was staying tight-lipped and then anything, every single thing she said didn't seem to fit in with what she'd said before. Whereas with Jen, it's like, I don't know, some not plausible deniability, but it almost feels like if she can just blame it on what's-his-face, her sidekick, the assistant, um, Stuart, Stuart, then... I don't know. Obviously, all I'm saying is I'm finding myself liking some parts of Jen, whereas Erica last season, the entire time, I just couldn't bear. 
Yeah, I was wondering too, is it in a weird way, because Erica was like facing lawsuits on a divorce, but like wasn't directly the she wasn't the ringleader of whatever was being alleged and also no. she had to mind her P's and Q's because she could be brought in in a different way whereas right. Jen has been charged and is on bail and will go to trial so she can just be like well I'm innocent and you'll see at the trial right. and in an odd way that is actually way more clear cut right. so even if she is completely deluded and thinking she's 100% innocent and maybe Mary and Meredith uh, called the FBI or whatever story she's saying it's just a lot more clear cut because right. she can go well I'm innocent and you'll see at the right. trial whereas Eric is like well I'm not arrested and it's actually I'm not on trial here my husband blah, blah, blah. Yeah. and there is something like with the Erica thing as much as I felt like they were like using it for sympathy on the show I do think there's possibly some truth to his mental decline right, possibly right. like that could be real so like it's just they're actually in a way very similar but also very different but yeah. as you were saying it's one to contrast them because how can we not when they're both playing out so publicly and um, they're letting us into some part of their response on camera which is in both cases fascinating just in very different it ways it would be phenomenally iconic if Mary and Meredith were responsible for the court of the <laughs> FBI because I feel every episode I've watched I've enjoyed so much of this season of Salt Lake City but almost to the level that it gives me anxiety that all future series are not going to be as good because it's all just collided yeah. at perfectly the same time like the fact that all the um Lisa and Cameron and then Mary's church and rumors about him having slept with Mary now Cameron is dead like everything has just fallen so ridiculously in terms of drama for telly that I just worry where do we go from here because yeah okay you can follow the Jen stuff in terms of trial and obviously like we say there's going to be some repercussion hopefully around the Jenny things and Black Lives Matter but we're losing Mary because she didn't turn up to the reunion and you know I just I mean, season two is even better than season one, and I thought season one was amazing. So let's just hope that the producers have something up their sleeves. But it does worry me that this is just the absolute golden years of Salt Lake. <laughs> yeah, it, it, that's it's a nice position to be in, though, where you're like, how can it get so better? Never be this yeah. good again. Yeah. Oh, but then, I mean, you're making your way through New York, and you've probably seen how season after season for a long time it was just amazing. Great. So who yeah, knows? Yeah, yeah. Um, let's dive into a show that I'm so curious what you made of because I know you were familiar with most of the cast, maybe not all of mm-hmm. them. But it was such an entertaining ride regardless was Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. Oh. What did you make of that and the women that you knew and the women that you Yeah, didn't? so I really enjoyed it. I think the editing was really funny. I think mm-hmm. Kyle, I've always, as I said last time, I think been a bit of a Kyle apologist. And it was funny really because I felt like as much as my journey on uh, with the Housewives has been kind of documented to some extent on social media, particularly on Twitter and I do my threads and things like you mentioned. I do think when you don't watch things at the time that it airs, you know, when there are all these conversations around it, obviously you can only pick up on certain levels of things when just from what other people are telling you whilst you're watching it, if that makes sense. So like now I feel like I'm fully engaged in conversation about every little nuance of things that are happening on Salt Lake. Whereas when I was watching season, you know, two, three, four, five, six of Beverly Hills and there were things around Kim's addiction, um, I feel like I missed out on certain things that would have been, common conversation at the time because people who watched it at the time have obviously moved past it now and so I feel like I've always had an affinity towards Kyle whereas people who there are I mean I know a lot of people do too but I feel like there are a lot of people who aren't Kyle fans because they got into real discussions at the time about how she manipulated the Kim situation to her own gain etc etc whereas I've never really been that pro Kim 
and I've always been much more pro Kyle, dare I say that. So all that to say, I think Kyle came across really well. The fact that she didn't have another cast member with her is testament to the fact that maybe she is actually a great housewife, you know, because I think that was a huge thing to not have had a castmate. What was the situation with that? It was meant to be Rinna, wasn't it? And then they were just, was it logistics? There's a lot of rumors and back and forth. I don't know. I think initially, I think too, they wanted women who did have some kind of connection. And to be fair, Kyle knows Melissa and Ramona already. And I think has a relationship with Luan and Cynthia kind of famously knows a lot of the women. So I think they were trying, even though they broke the fourth wall and talked about the fact that they were on a show, I think on some level, and I'm speculating, but it read to me like they wanted them to have organic yeah. connections. So okay. also, you who knows? Because to be fair, they made a whole se- series out of a week's trip. And maybe that, as you say, that one week was the week that like XYZ person wasn't available. Because we know Potomac and Salt Lake City were filming at the same yeah. time as this spinoff. Because yeah. people asked why certain people weren't there. And they were literally like, because they're doing their own show and we can't pull them out for a week. So I, yeah, I thought it was brilliant. I was both overjoyed and saddened by what happened with the Atlanta girlies. So I have Mm. always, 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 always been a stan of Kenya. And I know that can be controversial, but right from the off, I was absolutely obsessed with Gone With The Wind Fabulous when I was younger. I used to say all the time at school. Oh my God, at school, you're making me feel so old. (laughs) Ah! No, I think it was like like year 11, sixth form type time, but I just remember being obsessed. And I... So the fact that she's now kind of getting her flowers and being realized, you know, people realizing that there are many she's positives queen. to Kenya. She's an absolute queen. If she was, I mean, imagine if she had been on Beverly Hills for the last season and just saying, well, Erica, <laughs> I don't believe a word you're saying and I need X, Y, Z. Like nobody would, Atlanta is like the ultimate, you know, like what is it, what's it called when you're like on Mario and you're like, oh, the final thing where there's like a big person that you have to boss defeat level. yeah like before you like win the whole situation i feel like final boss final boss final that's boss. it yeah atlanta <laughs> atlanta just carte blanche is the final boss in terms of no one else would stand a chance if you can make it through atlanta you could make it on any season and i almost feel like half the girlies that on atlanta over the years have been seen as somewhat mediocre had they been on any other season would have been the fave you know it's like even for me like saying i've got an affinity for kyle on beverly hills that's because i don't like rinna and now i don't like erica and dorit has really simmered down since telling rinna that if i can smell your breath you're too close whereas even even if we'd had like someone who you know people's opinion perhaps on candy is that she's not the absolute standout if she'd been on so many of these other seasons she would be oh my god i love her she speaks her mind she's so great so i just think atlanta has had such phenomenally um, vocal and entertaining women for so many seasons. Um, anyway, all that to say, Kenya absolutely loved how well she came across. Um, and the fact that it was just so perfect when she gave the stay that she won to Teresa, because she said it needs to go to, you know, you're in love and this would be the perfect place for you to come. And I don't need to have won this hotel stay with a significant other because I don't have one at the moment. I just thought was so <laughs> love like whether it was for telly or not, and it probably was, but it played really well. But then I felt really sad about Cynthia because I've also always loved Cynthia. I think Cynthia is the voice of reason that's pretty much always been needed mm-hmm. on Atlanta. I think she has a very kind heart. She approaches certain situations in the way that I do that she would want to get things ironed out. And if she's upset, yes, she wants to kind of let it slide but sometimes you have to bring it up because otherwise it just builds and builds and builds and I think 
the only side of Kenya that I wish she'd just altered slightly was a tenderness towards Cynthia on that trip because it really just seemed like in real life now that's just that's kind of been a bit of a fizzle towards the end of their relationship and obviously with her having left Atlanta it's not going to necessarily get patched up so that kind of made me quite sad I know a lot of people have said because obviously I haven't seen Jersey um I know Teresa obviously is like the figurehead for that and yet was Mm -hmm. completely differently behaved to particularly the earlier seasons of Jersey because she's in a different place in her life. And I think she almost was just thankful for the holiday. So it was, she was all right to see, but I don't know that Peacock will have thought that they got their money's worth with Teresa. Um, <laughs> no, it's, yeah, she was like, I'm just gonna go do yoga. Right, like, and, and we, read all the letters from him. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was fine. I think Ramona, uh, she to some extent does understand the assignment right like she's just the more that I've been watching New York and bearing in mind I'm on season nine so I know that she becomes Mm. hellish in the later seasons slash this most recent season where they didn't even have a reunion etc and I I try to stay away from that conversation because I don't want to I hate spoilers so I I try to know as little as possible however I know that she becomes even more intolerable and obviously we've had the part of New York where Trump got elected it was maybe even earlier this season in nine or maybe it was in season eight and so the fact that you know she was avoiding Carol's well Carol wanted her to avoid her party but actually she wanted to come in the end blah 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 so I know all these negatives about Ramona however obviously Mm -hmm. she is great telly and I think she was a nightmare and I'm glad that she came to blows with Kenya because Kenya put her in her place but she was good telly I think Luan came across really well what was interesting for me is that Luan obviously is talking in the show about, in Girls Trip, about how, um, you know, it almost was like an epiphany for Luan when she was in Turks and Caicos and had the other women saying, no, it's not really okay that Ramona was going digging and trying to do X, Y, Z. And Luan was like, oh, yeah, do you know what? Actually, you're right. As if, like, obviously she knew to an extent because it's not okay behavior, but the fact that it kind of took these random girlies from other cities and years on to say, that's not the behavior of a friend, never mind apparently a best friend or a good friend or whatever, you know, a castmate for 10 plus years. So I found that interesting. Although watching it play out in season nine and kind of having this at this roughly the same time, I almost understand where Ramona is coming from. I guess the point is that they should have just learned from the Bethany thing last season. Luann doesn't care. You've told her everything that you can. Yes, she's kind of going back on herself because she says well yeah if that happened like she's just said on the episode i just watched to bethany yeah if that happened again of course i'd want to know but that would never happen and obviously we know that that is happening constantly and they all know that and they're all talking about it but ramona just needs to learn to back off but then i guess ramona also understands what makes good telly or maybe she doesn't understand and she's just this is the thing i can never understand with ramona i don't know whether ramona knows how to make good telly or is just such a catastrophe that everything she does is good telly. You know, kind of in the same way as Sonia. I don't think anything Sonia does is calculated. She's just so chaotic that she makes for cracking telly. So yeah. it, it's hard to know. But I liked that that was the dynamic. I also felt like whilst Melissa doesn't do an awful lot, it was quite nice having her there. I like seeing it was it was a much more calm, kind of, not somber, soft friendly comedic side with Kyle reminding me of Kyle and Vanderpump's relationship in the earlier seasons which was so nice that was what I fell in love with the most in Beverly Hills just 
LVP and Kyle's daft kind of, you know, I think Kyle was the closest to what LVP always bangs on about, like British humour in terms of her sarcasm and and fairly witty. And I think Melissa and Kyle had a bit of that. And the, the pyjama party where um, Kyle pissed herself, or was it Ramona pissed herself and Kyle couldn't stop laughing at the fact that she'd let out a bit of wee, was <laughs> I rewound that about five times because I couldn't <laughs> stop laughing. So yeah, I thought Girls Trip was fantastic. I think the casting for season two at uh, in the Berkshires is absolutely brilliant as well. Like I cannot wait for I that. Know. Cause I'm, I'm even people like, obviously the kind of big ones you think about are like having Phaedra and Brandy, but like Jill, I've missed Jill so much. I haven't, but I know I'm in the minority. People love Jill. I've I said really this in the show, like, like Jill. In recent episodes. I just, but I do, I think who they do have for, for the Berkshires trip will just, I mean, it's Major Parks alone. Major is- Dorinda and all this, the social videos they've been posting since, I'm like, that is so chaotic to me. There's that one photo of that of all the kind of leaked who the cast yeah. was. I think they had someone at the house and he he took a photo of all of them and like in it they're all like clearly a few sheets to the wind, but Jerina yeah. has no shoes on and her feet are her yeah. feet are pointing different ways and her hair yeah. hair is over and someone someone's like Dorinda, even Dorinda's feet are drunk at this picture. And every time I see it, I'm like, Oh my god, they all Dorinda is just zooted. She's like, I was like, Oh god. Oh my god. Yeah. And um, it was like that was the photo that leaked the cast as well. I was like, this is so funny too. It's so perfect. What was what's the phrase? I made it all nice. Her famous one that she got on the I, cake. I made it everywhere. nice. I made it nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just such a good cast. Like it. It'll be nice, I think, to see where Taylor's at in her life. Um, I think Phaedra. For me, my favorite ever, ever, ever moment was all kind of. Yeah, my favorite ever moment was um, at the reunion. I can't remember the season, but Phaedra's read to Kenya about oh, yeah. um, the so you can check that and the way she kind of like nestles back into her seat afterwards, like the <laughs> like proud as punch and the you won't know if your baby daddy's an axe murderer or a child molester. Um, so I just think it's going to be great telly, and I really enjoyed the editing. The way I think the confessionals thing actually worked quite well. Um, it just felt like a fresh, you know, they weren't trying to just say, oh, it, this is a Real Housewives normal season. It just happens that the girlies are from different seasons. It was very much, this mm-hmm. is girls trip and this is the way we're doing it with Peacock. And I actually really enjoyed it. So I can't wait for season two. I think it opened such a phenomenal casket, you know, as with Drag Race, as soon as you introduce all stars, it's like, right, well, we've got 50 women who are of a fantastic caliber for telly across all the franchises over the last 10 15 years so i think it's really exciting where this goes it's very rich with potential and i mean one city that wasn't featured on girls trip but is really doing the damn thing the last six seasons is potomac i'm so curious how you feel about that now that it's sort of really risen to the top for people yeah i just love it um i have some quite controversial opinions on it so i was very much team Monique in her final season in terms of like obviously she shouldn't have been as physically aggressive but I understood a lot of the behaviors however nowadays I'm really finding myself gravitating towards Candice and I feel like that is most people are just not of that wave at all they think that she's way too much I just think there's I don't think she says that much that is that much worse than what anyone else does but because it's Candice they seem Mm. to have an issue with it I still really struggle with Ashley I have every single season I've never been an Ashley fan I think Robin if she weren't so paired to Giselle would have been cut years ago um 
I've come back around. You leave Robin out of this. <laughs> I just, oh, I, I mean, obviously there are points where I feel sorry for her and, and I think Juan is just not the great man that she makes out to be, him out to be. Um, but I really have done a, a bit of a 180 with Giselle in that I loved her to start with. Like, because if you remember, I think I'd only watched maybe one or two seasons when you and I first spoke. So it was like season one was all about etiquette. Do you remember how obsessed Karen was yes, with etiquette yes. and Sharice was the same, who I really miss. I, I love Sharice. Um, and I feel really sorry for Sharice because it does seem to me like in real life, she is the kind of linchpin connecting them all but obviously the tv show has made it seem as if karen is this grand dame who yeah. you know anyway um who, and i love karen it's just i don't think she is as sent or at least historically was as central yeah. in bringing them all together um giselle i am really growing to like again i think i thought and i've now in the last year kind of started following a lot of housewives fan accounts and you know parody accounts and i find them all so funny but a lot of what's said is that karen and giselle despite their constant back and forth, really do understand the tone with which I agree a housewife's cast should be centered in terms of they go at each other's necks all the time. But there's always a, there's almost a level of, I hesitate to say respect because sometimes it's quite dark, like quite deep, but it's never too far past it. You know, they say, they always have said children are, absolutely never to be spoken about you know we that's just out of line and Karen I think really has a deep love and respect for Giselle's children and probably vice versa from Giselle and so I think that moment where they kind of rekindled I just think it just really made me smile I think um it's never the jabs are like a seven out of ten but I don't think they're ever a ten out of ten between Giselle and Karen and I think that's what maintains their yeah, it's not always a love for each other, but I do think there's a level of respect and I, I really appreciate that on telly. I, I really enjoy, I don't enjoy Mia. I'm glad she was added to the cast. I think she's been a good level of drama. G is an absolute nightmare. Um, My most hated character on any Housewives ever is Michael Darby. Um, <laughs> I, I can't, like the... <laughs> like that clip that everyone uses in here with a party <laughs> sends me. I hate that man. I absolutely hate him. And even down to like everything that he's done before and then saying about, oh yeah, you're getting your pre-baby um, body back and all that. And it's just everything about him is seedy and horrible. And so in that regard, it really does humanize Ashley because I think Ashley's a bit of a nightmare, but I, I feel sorry for her because I think she's just trapped in this horrible situation with him. And I just think time and time again, he's just shown himself to be an asshole. Um, I thought having Nikki on was interesting for TV. I felt a bit bad for Candice when she was kind of like prodding her with the music stuff. And obviously within the time recently around Nikki stuff, there's been so much that's come out about her and her husband and, you know, her going to the nth degree to defend him. And then obviously all alongside Jesse Nelson stuff, trying to distract and the whole, you know, my cousin's balls and Trinidad COVID vaccination, blah, 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 because she was trying to distract from the fact that there was this lawsuit against her husband and that she'd been intimidating this woman who allegedly was um, sexually harassed by or sexually assaulted by Kevin Petty. So it just, I, I have a bit of a bitter taste in my mouth now whenever Nicki Minaj is involved um, because, and I loved her. Like I, I absolutely adore Nicki Minaj's Am I music. A Nicki oh, pull up in the Sri Lanka. <laughs> what? Like I, I, by the way, I love Dr. Wendy. Love Dr. Wendy. Yeah. I, I always will. 
um, I think her like looking over at the notes and really trying at this reunion. I know if you don't like <laughs> that her, was funny. if you don't like her, it's People tragic. Were like, but how I love dare her. She? Right. I love like, her whatever. for that. It's not that deep. Um, it's not that deep. The fact that also she was looking at ones that had been used, like they were discarded notes. She wasn't getting any advanced <laughs> knowledge. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, love Dr. Wendy. I just think, yeah, the Nikki thing uncomfortable. Like I literally saw Nikki on tour at the. Is it, Barclays Center in Brooklyn like I was I'm literally on the DVD I was so far forward in the audience that I can be oh seen God. on the tour oh, wow. DVD I'm gonna see <laughs> that so I this you know this is not a long-lasting Nikki train I've I've always loved her um I loved her music but I just have found yeah the last few months really uncomfortable so unfortunately that wasn't for me quite the moment that it could have been had it been filmed maybe a year ago and there hadn't been all this furore around Nikki um but yeah I think Potomac is absolutely top tier um I love Karen like the fact that she just says whatever she wants which is half the time made up like Giselle's hot box like sing sing like she just says these things that mean nothing um <laughs> the broken hall from Hampton University is just so funny like I and no one else would get away with that um, but she just does because she's Karen. I also think the Wendy thing in terms of, I do think it was approached wrong. I think Wendy was right, you know, and with the like, what is she overcompensating for? I just, I get where they were coming from, but I do think there were ways of saying it and ways of approaching it and the right person saying the right thing to Wendy. And I don't think it came from uh, a place of care for Wendy. Yeah, that's true. I think there's lots there's lots to be said for looking at that again. Um, you mentioned earlier that you're halfway through the one and only season of Sydney. Oh, I'm so curious God. how you're finding that because that is yeah. I'm loath to call it a one season wonder because a lot of it didn't work, but it it's truly wild. How it is absolutely yeah. vulgar they were to each other. Yeah, I think um, I was reading something recent, and again, you know, I haven't seen, I haven't watched Melbourne, but I've seen most of the best bits. Um, I've seen how they interact and someone was saying that there was talk at one point of Australia, they're just being a housewives of Australia, which would have been the best of Melbourne and Sydney. I don't know whether that would have been before either of them were ever commissioned or kind of halfway through when things were cancelled, moving people over. But I think that would just be, imagine the best ones from both. It would have been ridiculous. Um, I think I'm sad that it didn't get more seasons. I think, um, it wouldn't have worked with American audiences as as it didn't. You know, they didn't even air it in America at the time, obviously, because it was seen as the women were just too horrible and they didn't have enough redeeming qualities amongst the cast. Um, but mm. I think it would work with British audiences because I think we, and Irish, but I think we are more okay with kind of cutting vulgarity. I think we're closer to Australians <laughs> than we yes, are to Americans. Sure. And so yeah. I think in America... Um, the audience has to be a lot more kind of, yeah, less sarcastic, more kind of slightly above board. Whereas I think anything goes a little bit more with us like it does in Australia. So it's a shame that it didn't last for longer. I think it's absolutely bonkers. I I was rooting for, as you obviously are led through the edit, to root for Athena X. And then about two or three episodes in, you're like, oh my God, she's also an asshole. Like they're all just awful. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just, it's such good telly. Um, And Matty... Uh, were you know the beautician beauty owner one was hinting in 2020 that it was coming back in 2021 which obviously didn't so I would be all here for a Sydney season two and or a Housewives of Australia I just think it would be absolutely impeccable Um, I don't like any of them and yet 
I love all of them. <laughs> you know, like what what's she called? The one who just moved back from she moved back from England or she's been in Dubai or somewhere. And she said that she's she always travels first class with her kids, but she walks down the aisle so that the kids can see what it's like being oh, yeah. in economy. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Like, yeah, what on earth? Christy, I think. Yes. Christy but then, yeah, but then yeah, yeah, I forgot about like, that. <laughs> that's so bonkers to me. But then the fact that that is not even in the top 25 most outrageous lines or moments of the first five episodes that I've seen is testament to how bonkers it is. And then like Victoria is awful. She threw Athena X's cape in the sea, but then because she's trying to find... Is it her mom or her dad that she gets her private investigator to find? So then you obviously immediately, and this is the whole point, right? Like people and these women in particular are so nuanced that it's not often as simple as, oh, she's evil. I hate her. And she never does anything nice. Mm -hmm. It's They draw you in, in so many ways, i.e. I am the biggest non-Ashley Darby fan. However, at times I think, oh God, I feel awful. Like when with her family situation, when she was wanting to go and, you know, see her dad, I thought I felt really awful for her, of course. Um, and anytime she's on a scene with Michael, I just think, how are you still with this man? Um, so yeah, I think that's the joy of Housewives for me because there's just so much up and down. And the fact that I've got friends who are currently on like season three or four of Beverly Hills and they're like, how on earth could Kim and Kyle be so horrible to Brandy? You know, stealing her crutches, mm. being the most awful version and I just think in my head oh my god what have you got to come all the even you know not only the horrid things she says to Hoise um but also like the water over Eileen the slap with LVP the you know black people can't swim comments it's just it's so crazy how people can go from being top tier to bottom tier and vice versa like remember Camille season one to season two so I, I just I think that's why I love it so much because it's almost like it literally is like you couldn't write it because, you know, normally in a soap, there'll be like someone who is a baddie or a goodie and they tend the yes, they deviate a bit and make mistakes, but they stay on those tracks with housewives. You don't know if someone's going to be your favorite one season and then you'll lease the next. Like Meredith has really dropped. Lisa has really risen. Erica was my f- absolute favorite Beverly Hills for the first her first two, three seasons and then has just been having a rapid decline. So you just have no idea. I feel like Giselle, if she has a great season next season, could rapidly be moving up the ranks in, for me again. So it just, it's so compelling because you never know what's going to happen. Something that you talk about online, <laughs> it's it's kind of been a trending topic in recent months. It's one that like I don't even feel I'm qualified to probably talk about, but it's oh the ick where you oh ask people to like give them their icks. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just curious when it comes to housewives, is there anything oh on the shows goodness. or that the women do that give you the ick? I'll tell you. So I've kind of started to try and reframe it recently because I think sometimes icks <laughs> can venture into a bit too much negativity or like, you know, people sending in things that also, if it's particularly, if it's like straight women dating straight men, it often just veers into some level of kind of like femme phobia of like, Oh, I hate it when they've got long nails or they talk in this kind of voice. Oh my God. I hate, I'm sorry. Like I fully appreciate that gay men can be really shitty to women. So I'm not one of those like gays can say they want women. I get that. But 
it, by the same token, it really bothers me when women say things like, oh, it takes as long as to get ready as 100%. me. 100%. He's enjoying that yeah. hair dryer a bit too yeah. much. I'm like, that's fucking right. homophobic. Right, right, right. Oh, I'm sorry. 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 A lot of the time <laughs> I when I get... That. No, I agree. And so a lot of the time when I get those responses to my Instagram story, and it's a lot of right. them, I just don't reply to those ones or I don't share those ones in my story. I deliberately do things that I deem so daft. Like, for instance, someone got an ick for saying... Um, when he orders soup of the day. That's nothing to do with <laughs> masculinity, yeah, femininity, men, women. Random. It's just daft. Yeah. And so I do have to filter through quite a lot. And that, But what all that to say, I've started doing ticks instead of icks now because it's the opposite. Oh. So like things that you actively look for in someone. So it, you tend not to get that kind of femphobia. And even if they are talking about feminine things, it tends to be in a positive. So something that most people yes. perhaps wouldn't like, but things yes. that this person actually does like to look for. So I think it's just a nicer framing. Um, and so I think ticks wise for me, things that it's not so much in a housewife, but things that I love watching is when so many things I've taken from the women like that I do in my life, for instance, when they're ordering food and they say, I'll do the Branzino. Like yes. I won't do the Branzino. Yeah. What does that even mean? Like <laughs> it's such an American, it's such phrase, an American yeah. thing, but I've really found myself saying it. And I think I said to you last time that I <laughs> um, have started drinking margarita on the rocks no salt because that's what kyle had well now i'm obsessed with martinis because of dorinda so i get an extra dirty <laughs> gin martini obviously i don't i take quite a few more to get a buzz on than dorinda does thank god i'm not like one drink <laughs> slurinda remington but i think in terms of ticks i guess the the best thing with these shows is when women show the women on the show show their vulnerability because obviously that's what makes us fall in love with them. And that's why, for instance, even like Ramona for all her faults, when she was going through the divorce, it just humanizes her so much more because you can't help but feel sorry in those situations. Again, Ashley Darby. So I think it's less kind of icks and just more, I really appreciate someone who is quick-witted. So I know that Bethany eventually has a fall from grace and has said questionable things. I, again, I've tried to almost blinker myself from it, not from an ignorance perspective, but because I don't want spoilers. So I know that Bethany and yeah, Carol fall yeah. out, but at the moment, their friendship is my favorite thing on the show. So I'm dreading knowing where what direction that goes in. But I just think Bethany is so sarky and so quick and so self-effacing that I think someone who can be that level of self-deprecating that's me. Like I always send myself up before I send anyone else up because it's almost that thing of like, it's a protection, right? Like no one can come for you if you've already come for yourself with the worst things that they could say, but also mm -hmm. just it immediately enamors you towards somebody if they are opening themselves up to that level of kind of criticism. So I think, yeah, I really enjoy Bethany on the show and that's saying, you know, I'm up to season nine and I don't know what she's like in real life. I know there were questionable things said about Meghan Markle, which is annoying, but I deliberately even tried to not look at that because I just want to be able to view it kind of as objectively yeah. as possible whilst I'm going through the season. Yeah, just a comedic honesty is my favorite thing that I look for, I think, which is why I enjoy... Giselle and Karen's banter, which I really enjoy, why I really enjoy Bethany, why I loved LVP and Kyle's friendship. I I really do find Heather on Salt Lake so, so funny. Um, I think she's, you know, obviously her very initial start of season one about really liking black guys and stuff was weird and very fetishizing. But I think she's come a long yes. way, it seems, since then. It, it seems she's very vocal on queer rights. I believe this week she shared something unequivocally about Black Lives Matter. I think it was Heather who did, um, which was great to see. 
again, obviously, you know, who knows how performative these things are and, you know, it's me commenting as a white person, but I, I do think that her heart is really in the right place. And I think she just said some daft things in season one. Um, but I think she's just very relatable, you know, like her joking about um, lying on about how heavy she was when they were going abseiling and stuff. It's just, <laughs> it's something that so many people do. And I think her not having a man when all the rest of them have sent them on this couple's trip, you know, thank you to our gorgeous husbands. She still holds her own in those situations and doesn't have that husband figure that a lot of them have mm. to fall back on. So I think um, I really, 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 really like Heather. These are questions that we've asked before, but I'm excited to hear the update on them, obviously, mm. for 2022. Um, let's do the first one. So I'm so curious what your your new tagline would be. And why. <gasps> oh, so I feel like it's a miss. I really have enjoyed the, you know, the Ramona, um, I'm an acquired taste. If you don't like me, acquire some taste is so good. I quite like, I may not always be right, but I'm never wrong, which would be, yeah, I think it would be, oh, I'm trying to think what I said last time. It was probably something gay, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> probably. But I, do you know, I don't know where I would go with tagline. I think um, I would definitely spend some time on it. Like that one, was it season one or season two where Lisa's just sounded like it had been recorded mid-scene? It was oh, in a booth. Like, yeah. yeah. You don't have to like me. I let myself off over the bus. <laughs> uh, um, it's like Lisa was walking through the kitchen somewhere and someone caught her on a phone. I'm like, I'm sorry. I feel like something with, I feel like something with iconic and tonic. Right. And I do, I do love a gin and tonic. That is my go-to drink right. on a night out. So yeah. that might be, yeah, or something along the lines of ick and prick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or sick ick and sick, sick like yeah um i might give you the ick but i like to make these bitches sick <laughs> something like that. yeah that was quite so tough <laughs> or iconic and ick if it's like a half rhyme i guess you just have to change the yeah, intonation yeah. i'll get back to you on that one. i put I the like ick I, I put, put the, the ick in iconic. And iconic that is so good oh my god that's it i put the ick in. that is perfect <laughs> And it's so like it's so nonsense. Oh my god! Yeah, I love that. I put the ick in iconic. That is so funny. Yeah. Okay, I love that. Um, also, let's. I mean, now that you know, you now have gotten to know so many of these women. Yes. So I think you're more than ready to update this one. You're throwing the dinner party. There's five people from the shows coming over. Who are we picking and why? I remember last time I said, <laughs> did I say? Portia from Atlanta and Portia Kyle's daughter. I feel like I just... Yes. I forgot about that. No yes. reason. <laughs> just the sound. Um, it sounded I mean, good. Right. But actually in reality it would have been hell. Um, I think, oh, what? A, okay. I would need Heather from Salt Lake because I actually really do just, I would want to be a friend. Um, I think Sonia seems to be mostly really sweethearted I think um I've just had the bit at, in the Berkshires where she tells Tinsley that she can't use Connor even though she literally just wanted Connor to be able to answer the door if a parcel arrived for her. and she was like no these are my rules in my house you're not using Connor and it was really it just didn't sit right because it felt quite not Sonia you know like she's usually the one who's nice and I was heartbroken I understood Bethany's frustration with Sonia when she was making the Prosecco brand that was Tipsy Girl. But 
it really broke me when Sonia was genuinely so devastated and, you know, she kind of looks to Bethany as an alpha and her as a bit of a beta. So I think Sonia is all round pretty much just a, a good person. I really like Carol Radziwill and I know a lot of people on Twitter don't. So I really hope that she does not, and I don't even want you to give me any hints on this. I just hope that she doesn't <laughs> fall the- foul because yeah the irony is i still like her even though i kind of know i shouldn't so i'm kind of glad you said that as well so at the moment i love her i think she's quick i think she's funny um i don't really think she's ever been in the wrong so far um i I think her relationship i get how people think that she's a bit of a follower to bethany but i think she's strong enough by herself that they just have a nice relationship i don't think she's a follower per se so i think at the moment her let's think about potomac See, it depends whether I want a chilled dinner party or an iconic one. Like, am I wanting dinner party from hell and inviting Alison Dubois? Everyone says that. They're Um, like, am I filming this or am I having a Right, so initially, Heather and Sonia is because I would want to be friends with them. But if I want to be breaking ratings records, I would want Alison Dubois' vape or her electric cigarette. I guess she she invented vapes. (laughs) (laughs) I would want... um, I would want... Mary from Salt Lake, because she, I think she is of anyone I've seen, even four to five times more than Ramona, she is not media trained and she still hasn't continued to not be, you know, at the season one reunion, it was like a car crash in terms of, she just said what was on her mind without thinking, how could this play on socials? You know, how does this work with social justice that's going on at the moment? Blah, blah, blah. Um, So I think Mary is so unfiltered and arguably evil if certain things are to be believed that she would just make for a great mm. dinner party um <laughs> i would have kenya 100 i'd have kenya i actually think i would like kenya as a person um i'm not sure whether she'd like me but again would make for great tv i don't like rinna and i think she's a good she's a stirrer for beverly hills but i think she pales in comparison to that position of woman on other franchises you know i think again if rinna were on atlanta she'd wouldn't last half a season. Um, so I think, I'm just trying to think of chaotic people, really. Um, Jen Shah, I guess, would be good. Um, because she, this is very much like if I could put on, you know, like earmuffs and let them just go at it because it would get so <laughs> loud at a point that it just yeah. wouldn't even be worth thinking about. <laughs> Jen, I just seen Jen being like, I'm innocent, right. why are they doing right. this? And Kenya being like, girl, it was the FBI. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> um, I think I want to meet Meredith just to hear her accent in real life. Same, same. I think, um, I'm just trying to think of any of the kids. I think Giselle's girls are so great. And that's another thing that I think humanizes Giselle so much. And I think it was you who told me um, that for all Brandy's faults, I do feel bad because of her custody situation that she was never able to show what a good mum she is around her kids because legally they weren't allowed on the show and stuff because of her ex and I think that's the probably the single biggest thing if the women have children and and are great around them which most of them are you can't help but feel more um of an affinity towards them because you know Mm. most of us have parents and therefore can kind of map it in the same way in that relationship Yeah, yeah um so I really like Giselle's girls um I would, I actually would have Jenny's daughter um, create some kind of scientific yeah. dessert concoction for us all that she could come <laughs> out and like lift the lid and it would be smoke going everywhere and her saying, oh, I made this in chemistry class. Because um, she's absolutely like, oh, 
uh, same level of hating Michael Darby is Dewey. I think he is awful. Um, the whole sister wife thing. I, yes, obviously I understand different cultures work in different ways and sister wives are a thing, but the way that it was broached, whether it was for TV or not, it just was really uncomfortable and felt like it took no regard for her feelings in the slightest. Very, very, very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think Seth is a creep. I actually think a lot of the men on um, thingy are awful. I think that, I think that's why it almost Jen is coming off a bit better than perhaps Erica because Tom was always horrid to Erica and horrid on the show in terms of, you know, let me finish. I'm speaking, yeah. whatever. Whereas coach Shah is such a gentle, sweet, helpful man. It seems who just genuinely yeah. seems to want the best for people and his wife and his family. So I enjoy him amongst a cast of not so great men, in my opinion. I'm obsessed with the fact that I was like, oh, let's do the dinner party. And we somehow turned this into a housewives buffet restaurant. Yeah. There's a lot of tables. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's, the, <laughs> We're it's just... like one of those twin <laughs> I know, I love it. in the canteen where you're like, would you say this table you... with these yes. six or yeah. this table? Yes. Um, I mean, you knew you were going to get that out of me. It's it was never going to be a succinct five, was it? <laughs> I think um, I would go for drama, basically. So I would, you know, even though I've not seen the, the original drama seasons, table. I would, if it wasn't an expensive table, I would invite early seasons Teresa because it would need to be flipped um right okay okay but yeah I think I think I would want drama of course you'd want drama if this is only you're not gonna be friends with these women long term right you're inviting them for one dinner party and you want as much out of that to be able to talk about for the rest of your life as possible like this is my catapult to the mainstream so why would I not want this to be absolutely iconic and it was held at my house no one ever forgets Alison Dubois so why would I don't want him to forget me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, feel, I feel like we're seeing a whole side of your psyche there but anyway <laughs> I'm gonna be a star I'm gonna be a True star I'm gonna come to my house I can't wait <laughs> okay um before we go then before yeah. we before you ascend to stardom with your housewives dinner party <laughs> what's next so you've got you're thinking OC and Jersey are next in your housewives studies yeah I think maybe Miami because it's not going to be as many to watch and I'd yes. like to be watching them live. Um, and then I feel like I need to go to the start of Atlanta, like I said, because I'm such a need, you know, someone who needs to have seen every single episode. Um, mm-hmm. I really don't like that. Like, I've got friends who just watch the reunions or just watch the best bits on YouTube and oh. it blows wow. my mind. Um, whereas I like to be able to talk about, oh my God, yeah, that was episode six of season seven when that specific thing happened yeah, with... Yeah. Um, you know, one of Carol's seven animals that all called baby. Um, so I think um, I think I'm probably going to do. I'll finish Sydney. I'll do Miami. I actually think I might then do Melbourne, and then I yes. will undertake OC or Jersey just because they're so massive. Um, at some point, okay. I, I'm gonna. I will watch them all, so I will end up doing Dallas and stuff as well. But I think that's probably Damn. the right trajectory i'll get there this time next year you'll have me on and i'll be up to date with everything that's a promise (laughs) oh my god the the third time will be so chaotic (laughs) i can't wait um before we go if people want to find you on social media where can they do so and tell us about the podcast and the music stuff as well yeah so uh my socials are at jack remington so my name j-a-c-k-r-e-m-m-i-n-g-t-o-n uh which is instagram twitter and tiktok the latter of which actually is kind Mm. of um i'm directing a lot of my energy towards at the moment. I just find it a really fun platform because obviously I'm quite 
an expressive, dynamic, talky person. Um, and it allows mm-hmm. for all that without feeling like you're too self-involved because that's the whole point of the app. So it's pretty perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so uh, season two of Iconic is coming very soon. We're in funding conversations at the Ooh. moment, which is fab. And it's going to be an audio-visual format, which is great. Um, and it'll be actually yeah. in a studio because it was launched in lockdown when, you know, things were very up in the air. So that's really exciting. Um Music wise, Joel, who I sing with, um, has was living in Spain for a year, but has just come back. So we're very much back to things and doing gigs at the moment, which is amazing. Um, and then, yeah, just lots of social stuff and just trying to keep people as entertained as possible through this maddening world. So that's where I'll be. Okay, well, that's plenty of stuff for people to check it out. Is. And you are extremely dedicated to your house oysters, which I'm always impressed by. Um, <laughs> Jack, it was a pleasure to have you back again. Thank you for returning to Housewives and Me. Thank you so much for having me. Jack Remington there on Housewives and Me. You can follow Jack on Twitter, Instagram, and on TikTok. Oh, do I have to join and get into TikTok? I don't know, but Jack is clearly having a ball there. Uh, links to all that are in the show notes of this episode and his podcast, Iconic, will be back with new episodes soon as well. So do keep your ears peeled for that one. If you liked what you heard today and you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a rating or a review. It really helps the show find new listeners. And you can also write podcasts on Spotify. So if you listen there, please consider giving us a rating on Spotify as well. Social media for the show is at Housewives of Me on Twitter and Instagram. Not TikTok yet, although, you know, who knows? And also, if you want to follow me on Instagram and Twitter, it's Connor Bean is where you'll find me. As always, links to all that is in the show notes for this episode. So until next time, thank you very much for listening. Stay safe and I'll talk to you soon.